I'm Rico. And I'm Jessica. And this is the Always the Critic podcast, where a couple of friends review the latest movies, except we literally have zero qualifications to do so. Jessica, it is Yo. 2023. Bruh, how are you feeling? 2023. Tired. Tired. In pain. <laughs> what? Why lower, are you in pain? Lower back pains. <gasps> Oh yes. my God. Well, I got a gym membership this year and Whoa. I went to take a cycling class hey. and um, it's been three days. My ass hurts so bad. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know what double re they decide. Like the way that the seats are designed, yep. I don't know. Like it, it just, I was in pain immediately. I, <laughs> in I've the class. done them those uh those cycling things and they yes. are insane it was i was modifying everything and then i was like trying not my best to stick it out because mm-hmm. the the way that my body was reacting to the seat itself was not okay but anyway long story short i think i'm at the tail end of that pain and then i can try a different class there you go <laughs> I yeah. remember one time I did a cycling class like that and I just walked out and my legs were wobbling. Well, I ended up walking out after 30 minutes because I couldn't take it anymore. Like if I had a modified seat or something, I could have lasted. Class? It was a 55 minute class. Oof. I lasted 30 minutes yeah. trying to just stick it out. And, the, you know, at the up and the down, the hover, the yeah. up. The Ugh. beats per minute, the Ugh. gear changes. Every, it was, and it was my first cycling class ever. So it was quite an experience, quite a learning curve. And like highly recommend. It was a great workout, but like I could only make it 30 minutes. And you when I walked all. out, I was like, <laughs> I was <laughs> winded. Okay. Oh winded and goodness. in pain. Yeah. <laughs> that is wild. So I haven't really started on any of my... Uh, like I've, you know, in my head, I'm like, oh, I'm going to make 2023. I'm going to be better healthy. And <laughs> I have not started at all. Uh, well, I, I just told you I, I ate half a cupcake before coming on to talk to you right there now. You go. So I yeah. just had a big bowl of pasta just now. And it is 10 p.m. on the East Coast. So, yeah. <laughs> so not exactly pasta the, at 10 p.m. and a cupcake. Yeah, not exactly We're the doing start. great. Exactly. But 2023 is going to be a good year. And next week, we'll talk more about 2023 in terms of movies. But today, we are going to look back. And we're going to look back at the year 2022. Uh, This is usually one of my favorite episodes to do every (laughs) year. Because I like looking back, see, you know, how did it feel? How did the movie year feel uh, compared to maybe some of the years we've done recently? Like, how, how does it feel? So... Before we get started on talking about 2022, what our favorite moments, movies, actors, everything, uh, if this is your first time listening, go ahead and subscribe to your favorite podcast app. We're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and many more. And if you do like us, go ahead and give us a review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Five stars goes a long way for us. Come and check us out on social media to stay up to date on our latest episodes and reviews. You can find us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok at AlwaysCriticPod. And lastly, if you're a fan, please consider becoming a patron. It is such a great way for you to get involved and show your support and get free extra content. Like we do, I do so much for Debak and we're constantly doing uh, extra little mini episodes. Um, And it's been a lot of fun. So please you can check out the page on patreon.com slash alwayscriticpod. And thank you to our patrons, Janet, Curtis, Bale, Cindy, CD, and Grace. New patron, Grace. Welcome. 
Welcome to the crazy train that is the Always Critic podcast. So <laughs> let's go ahead let's and let's it. discuss 2022. Uh, my first way I want to kind of enter it is, in general, how do you feel movie-wise 2022 was and kind of okay. how it stacked up over the last couple of years? Okay, I thought 2022 was a trash year for movies. Trash. <laughs> I okay. did not think this was a strong movie year at all. I was looking back at some of my best of movies from 2021. Mm. And I had stuff like Belfast Pig, Malcolm and Marie, uh, No Way Home, Dune, Shang-Chi, uh, Tick, Tick, Boom, The Tragedy of Macbeth, The Last Duel, Blue Bayou, which was my top movie of 2021. You I thought surprised. those movies... You still shocked me. I know. <laughs> But I thought that 2021 was a stronger movie year than this year, for sure. I agree. So I don't think it's a very good year. I'm not going to sit here and say it was trash the way you said it. I mean, I'm looking, I looked at the whole thing. Like, I looked at every single movie that came out this year that I saw. Yeah. And I was like, what, what is this? (laughs) I would say that. Granted, I did not watch every single movie that came out this year. Yeah, I really But I, struggled. you know, I watched a, a lot of movies. I thought you I did. watched I watched plenty of movies for me to make a strong assessment and say this is not a very strong movie year at all. Yes, I So th- what I will say about 2022 is very top heavy for me. Like mm. like the f- like the top like 7 8 movies like are really good and then there's yeah. like a huge drop off yes. in, in quality. Uh, compared to last year, where a movie like The Green Knight, oh, which yeah. I really look really liked, didn't crack my top ten. Like right. that's how strong twenty twenty one was. Mm-hmm. I think this movie year compares a lot to twenty twenty in a way. I agree. I agree because I was looking at best of, my best of list for twenty twenty, and I've got movies on here like Minari. The Kid Detective, Enola Holmes, Promising Young Woman, Vampires in the mm. Bronx, uh, The Invisible Man, Palm Springs, and it's Trial of Chicago 7. Did I say that one already? Oh, Five Bloods. Five Bloods. Yeah. yeah like, the, I was like, that's a pretty decent year for what 2020 like, right, exactly. ended my, up being. My yeah. top movie that year was Sound of Metal. You yeah, know, you love that movie. Love yeah. that movie. And I had some of the same movies as you, like Promising Young Woman. I had One Night in Miami in my top 10 mm. that year. But comparatively, that might be the year that you compare it to more because 2021 was stronger. And then 2019 is like a banger oh, year. Oh, yeah. It's ridiculous how good that <laughs> yeah. year is. So, so 2022, not exactly the highest in terms no. of movie watching. But I think there were things that maybe caught us by surprise. So absolutely, kind of, let's uh, segue into <laughs> what you thought was your biggest surprise. And it could be anything movie-wise. Uh, what okay. did you feel was a big surprise? I have a laundry list. So stop me if you agree or if you want to chime in with yeah. one of yours. Okay, Top Gun. Top Gun Maverick being such a great movie and it felt like it single-handedly resurrected blockbusters in a more authentic and tangible way than any superhero movie has done in the last five years my my thing about top gun was that i was shocked by the performance at the box office yes the numbers so one thing that i do every year 
there's another podcast, the Film Cast Podcast. Uh, so they do this summer movie wager game where you have to kind of, you know, kind of guess which movies are going to be at the top of the box office during the summer. And you put them in order like this is going to be number one, number two, number three. So I thought, you know what? It comes out Memorial Day weekend. It has enough room. Fourth, because I was counting on like Thor, Love and Thunder. <laughs> I was counting on uh, Doctor Strange and all this stuff. And no, this movie made on to make more than a billion dollars mm-hmm. at the box mm-hmm. office. I was yeah. completely wrong. I was not prepared for that. Yeah. Yeah. And the way that it was shot, all the stories, the crazy stories that that the cast has being with Tom Cruise and him training them and him making them go through all of this rigorous training and preparation and it just like he, it's, it's like such a perfect storm. It really for is. Top Gun, I mean, Top Gun this year blew me away, blew everyone away. Uh, so Top Gun for sure is something that completely surprised me this year. The movie Prey. Yeah, that was a nice little surprise there. How was, how did that work? Like the Predator franchise has been a mess. I personally only love the first movie with Schwarzenegger, but this movie uh, just completely redefined the genre, the genre, the franchise. Yes. And I thought it was a really smart and inclusive way to progress the property. So I, so I again, very like came out of left field. I was like, oh my God, my parents watched it before me and they were like, have you seen this movie Prey? And I was like, I've heard good things. Don't worry, I'm going to watch it. Like how did my parents watch that movie before I did? Well, um, that's, that's the world we live in with like streaming because it came mm-hmm. out on Hulu. Yes. So like people are at home and it's hard to get them to the movie theaters unless it's like super big. You know, Top Gun got people to the movie theaters. Of yeah. course, Marvel movies do, but everything outside of that always struggled. So mm. when something gets on streaming, you see like the boom in conversation when that yeah. happens. It really yeah. does. But yeah, Prey was another surprise that I had on my list. Uh, okay. One of my, what else do you have on your I list? I think my biggest surprise, I think, I kind of anticipated, hey, maybe this is like an indie darling and people talk about it. But this being possibly a front runner for the best picture is everything everywhere yes. all at once. This movie was released at the end of March, and it's still, to this day, still people are clamoring that this is the best movie of the year. Mm. It's insane. I did not expect that type of following for this Mm -hmm. movie. Mm -hmm. Not to say that I don't like the movie. I love the movie. Love it. Yeah. But I wasn't expecting so much fervor around the movie. Exactly. Exactly. I think that it's done a really good job of bringing Michelle Yeoh to the fore. And I love that Actors on Actors series that I keep seeing pop up. I can't remember. Is it is it Vanity Fair that does it? Vanity Fair. Vanity Fair does it. And they've been posting clips of those interviews. Michelle Yeoh's is with uh, Kate Blanchett, which yes. I'm like, that is a fantastic that fucking pairing. Yeah, <laughs> that's great. So uh, I just love Michelle Yeoh. I love that she's getting her flowers for it. I mean, she should be getting her flowers for everything else that she's done in her career. But the fact that she um, said yes to this role and uh, crazy uh, storytelling and uh, the way that it was made, too, like was really crazy. We covered that in our podcast episode for the podcast review for Everything Everywhere All at Once. But yeah, certainly a great surprise. I would never have guessed when we saw that movie and reviewed it. That we would still be talking about it with this much enthusiasm come the next year and going into the Oscars season. 
Yeah. Never would have guessed. Never would have guessed either. Yeah. So that, yeah, that was a very nice surprise. Uh, Do you have others? I do. Yeah, go. I got Violent Night on here. Why (laughs) Why was Violent Night actually good? Like, we have a whole episode on it. Um. But I didn't expect to find it so hilarious and well done. The movie Marry Me with J-Lo and Owen Wilson. You (laughs) have really sunk your teeth into this movie. (laughs) Why does it actually work? Like it's like it's cheesy, but delightful and like probably one of the better J-Lo movies. It's very self-aware and meta. Yeah. Um, Speaking of early releases in the year, that one came out super early. Another movie that came out early was Scream. Uh, oh, yeah. the, the kind of reboots like, you know, into the franchise. That movie has no business being as good as it is. It is. It's like the <laughs> fifth entry into this into the franchise. It's like another and, predator thing where it's like, how and you can is make an this? argument. It's the second best one. You know, <sighs> like that's how good it is. And it's it's getting a sequel this year in March. Oh, my God. So oh my God. Uh, that was a big surprise for me. I did not expect to like scream as much as I did. I have one less thing on my list for most surprising things Go. this year. Brendan Fraser, career ah, resurgence. The re- career resurgence of Brendan Fraser. Uh, never could, I mean, never would have guessed. His role in The Whale is devastating and powerful, and he's he's a triumph in it. And like, even if we can pick apart the movie and its messaging and whatever else, like, he is amazing in it and i remember the standing oh that he got at uh i can't remember which festival i can't i i, I want to say it was tiff or like yeah one of those mm, i'm not yeah sure. one of those uh but it was just such a moment because you know especially on tiktok like going into film talk and people really rallying behind brendan fraser like where did he go And great think pieces on his career and what he means and the movies and the joy that he brought to people for a lot of his career and why he stepped away and what happened, how he's like just so pleasant. Yeah, he's (laughs) super pleasant. In every interview, he's like precious. So I am so excited that Brendan Fraser is back. And I mean, you could argue that he never left, but. I'm just so excited to see what else he does, what else he picks. I think that he's got more options now than he did two, three years ago. Especially if he is the man who walks out with the trophy in March. I well, I mean, he could be. Maybe, maybe he could be. He could be. Um, And also, something we learned about him is that we've been pronouncing his last name wrong this entire time. What is it? Uh, It's Fraser. Fraser. Yeah. yeah. He, uh, he, I would have thought that. And this that. is, a, this is a post Outlander Jessica, right? <laughs> Where <laughs> it's Fraser yeah. in the show. And, uh, yeah, that makes track. That tracks. Yeah. That makes sense. He, he was doing one of those actor on actors. Uh, and he was with Adam Sandler, who they have a history of. That was a day. great one, too. That's a great yeah. One. That's a great one. That's a great interview between those two because it doesn't feel like an interview. They're just like, yeah, fuck it. Like, yeah, we're <laughs> just, just going to have talk. some fun. Yeah. We did movies together back in the day. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that was now obviously the opposite of a surprise <laughs> here, I, in my eyes at least, is a disappointment. Something mm-hmm. that didn't quite stick the landing. I want to go first real quick. Darling. And I think the movie that kind of disappointed 
a lot of people was uh, Don't Worry Darling. I knew you were going to go with Don't Worry that Darling first. That movie's a disappointment because <laughs> I think there was so much hype surrounding the movie. Uh, well, we were fed incessantly yes, we were. We were. by the press tour and because we're drama whores and <laughs> that whole thing was so fucking entertaining. Way more entertaining than the actual movie mm-hmm. and uh, we had a full-on discussion and deep dive on the press tour and the movie on our Don't Worry Darling review if you want to scroll back in your podcast feed. But honestly, maybe Olivia Wilde is my great is, is a great disappointment this year because yeah. her approach to the PR firestorm that happened around her and the movie and her and Harry Styles and the relationship and her breakup with uh, and divorce with Jason Sudeikis, that whole thing was a trade wreck and i don't think she's bounced back yet no and then on top of that the way she handled her interactions with florence Pugh, miss flow uh like florence Pugh and shia labeouf and shia uh yeah so it was not a good return for her in terms of like she had a very good start with book smart so like people were saying maybe that was she a 2019 has- movie Yes, 2019. Maybe she has like that it as a director. And then mm-hmm. her second movie is just a flop. It is mm-hmm. bad. Mm-hmm. Uh, still did decent money at the box office, <laughs> but it's because people were like ready to see that train wreck. Um, and so, yeah, that was probably the biggest disappointment probably for me. Uh, okay. Do you have one yourself? I have a bunch of disappointments this year. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. So I love period pieces. Mm. Persuasion with Dakota Johnson. Couldn't even finish it. Okay. It was terrible. <laughs> yeah. Blonde with Ana de Armas. Couldn't oh, finish that, that one awful. either. I didn't finish the movie. Uh, Pinocchio and Lightyear. Waste of my time. Just complete waste of my time. And I don't mean the Guillermo del Toro no, no, Pinocchio. No. I mean the Disney one with Tom Hanks. Yeah. I have one. I think that a lot of people would be surprised to mention as a disappointment. And it is uh, Glass Onion for me. Oh, I have that. Yeah, the sequels. I have a a trio of sequels here that round out my list of biggest disappointments. And Glass Onion is on there. Disenchanted is on there. Mm. And so is Hocus Pocus 2. Well, Um, yeah. Yeah, sequels that did not work, nor did they impress me. No. Uh, Glass Onion for me just... It, it falls flat. It doesn't feel as engaging as Knives Out, the original one did. Uh, but the thing is, people love that movie, uh, Glass Onion. People are what? enjoying the heck out of it. Yeah. People are enjoying the heck out of it. Um, I mean, there's something to be said about Spectacle. Yes. <laughs> Babylon. But I don't think that that's what necessarily makes a great film. And if you're gunning for a mystery... And I'm not fucking mystified, then there's an issue. So, <laughs> right. That's true. And uh, I know that Ryan Johnson kind of likes to play around with the conventions of the mystery genre a little sure, bit. Sure, sure. But I, for me, it didn't feel like he did it in a satisfying way. That that would be the thing. He did it in a satisfying way in Knives Out, just not here. Uh, obviously, there's going to be another one because it's already, you know, been, you know, Said that he's going to do it. Why did so. I think Ethan Hawke was going to be in Glass Onion? Well, he was. What happened? 
Do you know what happened? He he is in Glass Onion. It's just a very Where? tiny tiny ass what? role. You didn't re- realize? Oh, you didn't notice it was he? him. Oh, Where he, is he? He's on the port when everybody comes in to get on the boat. He's the guy that sprays everyone in the mouth with the the you know, you could take off your mask. Here is the spray and everybody like gets that spray at the beginning. Sorry if I'm spoiling uh oh. Glass Onion. But yeah, that's the only thing he does in that movie. I thought he Lame. had like an actual role in that movie, but I think it was more like, oh, I'm filming Moon Knight over here, and I can come <laughs> over for like a, a day to film this. That's what I feel oh, like okay. happened. It's like it's like a stormtrooper in a yeah 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 exactly Star Wars. Okay, so I think that the better cameo is always Joseph Gordon-Levitt in yeah. Ryan Johnson movies because he was the, the dong, like the, the clock chime. He was the clock chime. Yeah, <laughs> in Glass Onion. I love that And I was that like, that's funny. That's funny. I love he's that just he's in, there in there every yeah. time. Yeah. Disappointments. Anything? No, that was pretty much it. Yeah. Um, um. <laughs> disappointments are going to happen. You know, we, we go into the movie expectant. Well, the thing is some of these movies were on my most anticipated movies yeah, list. Yeah, that's true. So, um, that's a shame. That's <laughs> Knives a out shame. too. Yeah. Yeah. And then there's... I'm not going to, I'm not going to say Morbius was a disappointment because. <laughs> <laughs> the fact that you had it on your list is still hilarious to me. <laughs> <laughs> the oh. fact that i had it in all seriousness on my most anticipated movies list of 2022 and i was like hilarious. i'm ready <laughs> to see what what like what is jared leto gonna do with this character he's already sort of like a vampiric dude <laughs> and then <laughs> it's like the worst movie i've ever seen so i'm not gonna say it was a disappointment like i should have read the tea leaves on that and not that i didn't read the tea leaves i was just like in denial i guess i was like maybe it'll be something good yeah (laughs) yeah uh it was not good it was not not. good (laughs) all right so but let's turn back to good uh let's talk about some of the performances that we liked from this year i have a list here um so if if we happen to mention a same actor or actress that we really okay, like, perfect. We'll you know we'll tag. I'll jump in. Uh, so I I want to start near the beginning of the year for me at least. Uh, I'll start with everything, everywhere, all at once. Michelle yes. Yeoh, she yeah. is amazing, resplendent, and just and uh, Kihui Kwan as yes, well. That's exactly I was going to mention him as well. Yes, I amazing. Mean, those two performances, the fact that he is having such a resurgence now. Oh yeah. Because so many people over time knew him as either Data in The Goonies or they knew him as Short Round. Short Round. You know, uh but now that he's been able to come in to his own and in the movie he he gets his own chance to shine in multiple versions of himself which i thought was really cool yeah it was a very good performance i liked it yeah Yeah. so those two like right off the bat who do you have on your list i have (laughs) i got fresh with it okay oh god I got Russell Crowe in Love and Thunder. Um, wow. I thought that was such a funny performance and scene stealing and certainly kind of unexpected from 
an Oscar winner who is basically making fun of himself. And I liked it. I thought it was rather fun and memorable. So I will, I'll, I'll give you it was very memorable. And the fact that he does steal the scenes that he's in. So I can't, I mean, is it that. an Oscar winning performance? No, like, no. no, but am I going to sit here and take it that seriously? No, no, no. So <laughs> yeah, not all of mine are going to be award, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Know, that type. But I want to shout out two women from the same movie on this yes. next one. And that is in the woman King, Viola Davis, and mm. Lashana Lynch. Wow. I thought you were going to go with a different movie because I have two different ladies on my list. I have Letitia Wright and Angela Bassett from Wakanda Forever. I have Angela Bassett. We'll get to okay. Angela Bassett in a second. But what So I'm let's wa- talk Woman King first. Yes. Woman King, tremendous movie, mm-hmm. thought they were resplendent. Like they were they amazing were, in the they movie. They were incredible. Yeah. And so mm-hmm. obviously uh, Viola Davis does have the bigger part she is the star of the movie everything surrounds her uh and she is a force don't you know like just everything to prepare to get ready for that movie like she is in shape she is like jacked it's crazy that that woman got jacked for the role like that uh but i wanted to shout out uh lashana lynch because she has a role that could have easily been ignored. Like, oh, she's kind of slightly mentor figure, helps out our young ingenue type of thing. That could have been a, a role that could have been easily forgotten. But I think she brings such a care, warmth, wonder, uh, and also like a strength to that role as well that I feel should not be overlooked. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. Lashana Lynch. Really good job in that. I agree completely. I got nothing to add to that. There you go. So now, the ones you mentioned in Black uh, Black yeah. Panther: Wakanda Forever. Yes, I think we both agree on these two, especially for Angela Bassett, yes. because Angela Bassett, uh, powerhouse, powerhouse in this movie. Yes, and like she she gets moments to really chew in mm. her in her words and gets the spotlight on her you know she has such a commanding presence on screen you know what i'm saying oh yeah she like she always has but like in this setting in this culture that they've created in this costuming i mean all all of these things it it just is riveting to watch and she dominates any moment or room or setting that she's in so mm-hmm. the the command that she has is incredible. You you wanted to talk about Letitia Wright as well. I think she carries a lot of emotional heavy lifting for the movie, and she did better than I expected. I thought she was pretty great at showing a deep level of grief. Yes, yes, yeah. I definitely agree with so. that. Um, another movie that I wanted to mention that has. I feel four very distinct uh, performances in it, and that's from the Banshees of Inisherin. Oh Lord, yes. I, so I don't have them on my list, but yes, let's talk about it. Colin Farrell, Brendan Gleeson, Barry Keoghan, and then Carrie Condon. Mm. Uh, I think that each one of them brings such a different energy into this movie. Colin is full of heart, and he is simple. But mm. <laughs> genuine, it feels genuine in a way. 
It does. Um, then you have the curmudgeon of Brendan Gleeson, who is very serious, but also brings, you know, a hint of like maybe there's something there, like he's not fully <laughs> a bad guy or not fully mean, or his heart hasn't fully gone black. But then he shows you that it has. Uh Barry Keoghan. His his character unrecognizable. It's it's insane the like the way he is just all over the place. He's like bouncing whenever he's talking to people, and then Carrie Condon has to be kind of like the one to center everything. Yes, I it's think insane. she's such a refreshing addition to these boys, and like that's also what it feels like is she is such a. Um, not a stick in the mud. Like, what's the term? Like, she like doesn't belong there. No, she doesn't. Like, she's she's destined for more. She mm-hmm. should definitely get out of this community, get away from these like stupid boys because they're all just so stupid. They're all stupid, you know, because boys yeah. can be very stupid. Yeah. Yes. So, I loved her. I wanted more of her. Yes. So I can't wait to see what else she's in. All right, on my list, I have Brendan Fraser in the will. The performance uh kind of like took me by surprise because there was so much buzz going into it and i had high expectations but that i didn't know what the necessarily what the plot was gonna devolve into Mm -hmm. like i just knew the broad strokes and what i saw was really uh impactful and uh just devastating like i literally that's the word i keep coming up against is devastating and i don't know where the fuck he pulled that from (laughs) what well he pulled that from but like i hope he gets help for those feelings i honestly like i'm i was blown away and it's a lot to take in i don't think i would necessarily recommend the whale Mm -hmm. i don't know i have like qualms with it but i just the performance itself is all time Gotcha. So I can't really speak too much on it. I just, I didn't watch it. I didn't get a chance to. So um, I've heard so many great things about his performance. I've heard middling stuff about the movie itself. Uh, So, you know, I obviously take your word that the performance is incredible. Uh, That's what I keep hearing. So hearing you say that, uh, even more credence to that for sure. Um, I just wanted to point out just a couple more. Uh, because okay. if you go through like an entire list, there's like so many. Um, an obvious one is Kate Blanchett in Tar. Uh, okay, see, I haven't seen Tar. Oh, you never watched Tar? Got no, it. I never got around um, to watching it. Her and Michelle Yeoh are gonna be fighting for best actress for sure. Mm. Um, <laughs> is that why they're in the Vanity Fair interview together? Oh, they put them together. That's hilarious, though. <gasps> um, yeah, so I think that Kate Blanchett's. Um, there's this ego, there's this self, you know, pompous type of attitude that she carries in this movie that makes you not like her, but at the same time makes you intrigued into following her story, what is going on with her, and seeing her journey, her personal journey in the movie. So mm-hmm. I think she does an incredible performance with that. And then I wanted to shout this one out. Uh, Paul Mescal in After Sun. 
I haven't seen After you Sun. You haven't seen After Sun. I heard it was a uh, very sad. Uh, it is the movie. Him, he plays a father to like an eleven-year-old girl uh, going on a trip, uh, a f- summer vacation. Um, clearly, her parents are divorced, so him and his his wife. And the journey that you go through with his character, um, clearly a man who is not all right. He's not doing great in his life, uh, but he's doing everything he can to make this a memorable vacation for his daughter. I uh, love you. It is, it is heartbreaking. It is emotional. Um, yeah, so I... Damn. Uh, there's going to be moments that I talk about uh, when we talk about best moments or scenes. Uh, I don't want to spoil you, but I kind of have to, (laughs) to talk about that scene. Don't worry about it. (laughs) Um, So those are the last two that I wanted to mention. Do you have Okay, I got one last one. Shout out to Jennifer Connelly and Top Gun Maverick because (laughs) uh, drop the skincare rec, Jen. So I think that she was perfect casting and just did only good things by being in the film. (laughs) Yes, she was incredible. Uh, and it's a small role, I think. It no, yeah, it's super small. It could have gone to <laughs> anyone, but she makes the most out of that role. She's mm. resplendent. She is incredible. When she shows up. She's glowing. <laughs> when she shows up in the Porsche with the bomber jacket standing. No, forget it. Oh, forget it. Forget, forget it. it. It's ridiculous. ridiculous. And then Lady Gaga. Yes. <laughs> in the background. <laughs> oh, man. All right. So we've talked about performances. Cinema. I know, cinema. Uh, what a picture. Uh, so <laughs> since we talked about performances, let's go ahead and talk about our favorite moments or scenes okay. from the year. I'll let you go first here. Uh, what's a moment that you want to mention? Laundry and taxes. Yes. From everything, everywhere, all at once. Yes, that's on my list. <laughs> yes, bro. I mean, I'm still like emotional, like shaky emotional from that scene and the way that it was edited and just the impact of it in the context of the film is incredible. I think it's amazing. Yeah. And it's top scene. Such a moment that like just like digs into the knife, like right into Michelle Yeoh's character. Like she is spent. And look, we're going to get into spoilers for all the movies that we're going to talk about from here on forward. So if you haven't seen some of these movies, maybe skip 30 seconds or something like that. <laughs> uh, yeah, the fact that, like he says, I would have been happy with you in another life doing laundry and taxes. But then you see the all the other lives and you it's just it. oh, you, you see, see it. them. Oh, it is. That is such and a he's in love thing. with her in every yes. single world, in every I, single know. multiverse. Yes, he is in love with her. It is such a good one. That is just whipped. uh, I'm whipped for that movie. Yeah. So that was on my list. Um, One that I want to mention, Top Gun Maverick. Maverick doing the trench run, the practice run. Oh, yeah. 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 Where like John Hamm's character is like, you're going to do it in four minutes. And then he like appears and he changes it to two minutes and 15 seconds. And you see him doing that trench run. And what's what stands out so much about that is that how they have the camera in the cockpit with him and you see him like making those turns Mm -hmm. and doing those, uh, you know, going straight up and you see him taking the G's on it. It is (laughs) awesome stuff. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I got uh, the final sequence. 
uh, from Maverick. Yeah. Yeah. Which is pretty great too. Oh yeah. They steal the F-18 and then they go and uh, fight, what is it, three, two or three planes? And it's like, you know, this whole thing. Yeah. Yeah. And then um, what's his face saves him? Hangman. Hangman. This is your savior speaking. Ah! (laughs) (laughs) That was a really cool. That's good freaking shit. Yeah, it was. Uh, On that note, Miles Teller shimmy. Oh my from God. Maverick. That took all over <laughs> social media. It was everywhere. The shimmy. Never forget. Never, Never forget. forget. <laughs> Never forget. Um, I want to shout out um well, one of mine. Well, this this movie has a couple of memorable moments, and it's from Black Panther Wakanda Forever. Uh okay. there is the intro to Talokan. Oh, uh, that's a freaking good one, especially with that Con La Brisa song. Yes. Oh. Oh, my God. I had that God. song on repeat. Repeat. Yes. Same. Yeah, it was Same. incredible stuff. And then um, there was the entire uh, sequence with the queen where I am queen of the most powerful nation. on Like that moment. I just got chills, bro. Yeah. It's <laughs> yes. insane how good her command of that scene is and then the final one this is a huge spoiler for those who haven't seen it so again 30 seconds the introduction of prince t'challa oh quit yes like that oh my god heart breaking yes yes and then getting put back together (laughs) my goodness it was it was it's exactly what it's that poetry. It, it was poetry. I it, think it they, really they needed it too. It really was. Yeah. Uh, do you yeah. have a scene? Speaking of poetry, Ave Maria from Paul Dano in the Batman. Oh wow! <laughs> Ave Maria. <laughs> Every now and then, I do break out in Ave Maria in the way that he does it. <laughs> when it's just like like he just like looks at him and just goes. Starts in on it like just oh cold turkey. Oh man! I wanted to mention in the Batman uh, something yeah. that I still remember now is when we get the Batmobile chase uh, through the yes. rain and yeah. like, and we hear with like, the penguin with the penguin, and we get like the true full sound of the Batman. Yeah, so I-, I wanted to shout that out uh, for sure. Um, <laughs> Oh, um, taking a completely different turn in terms of movie. Okay, sorry. In Tar. <laughs> okay. Um, there is an incredible scene uh, with Kate Blanchett's character doing a guest speaking at a school, at a university, and the dressing down that she does of this character while at the same time being recorded and giving voice to what is wrong with cancel culture and the way like she interacts with this student is very, very like just, it's almost mean the way she like interacts with this, with the student to the point where the student, I gotta watch Char with the student basically like resigns to everything she was saying and just is like, you're a bitch and just walks out of the classroom. So like it is, a powerful moment in scene. I, I'm, that's that's one I wanted to mention. Well, now if we're, if we're talking about movies that um, one of us has seen and the other hasn't, <laughs> um, the scene in the whale mm-hmm. where he says, "I need to know that I've done one thing right in my life, right with my life." Mm. Um, yeah, it just broke me. I I literally as I started tearing up. So 
that scene especially uh, was kind of a climax for me. The movie has like dips and and it's just a roller coaster, but that scene in particular. Yeah. The twist, well, I should say twists multiple in Barbarian. Yeah. I Have you still not seen Barbarian? Nah, no, I didn't. Bro, it has like multiple twists in it and <laughs> like those just take the cake. Like just thinking back to that first time watch and the way that we were like flabbergasted with I need to watch the it. Twi- like you just can't you cannot anticipate what it, I mean, I recommend if you still haven't watched Barbarian, I'm not going to spoil it right. and say what the twists are, but I recommend you just go in, don't look and and look at any trailers, don't read anything about yeah. it. Just go and watch Barbarian and know it's a scary movie. And that's right. It. That's one thing that I have been purposely is like because so many people are like, don't read anything about it. Anytime something from Barbarian comes up, I quickly get off the screen or whatever. I try not <laughs> to look at it because I want to walk into what whenever I watch this movie, I want to walk in as blind as possible as I can. So I will watch this movie soon. I'll, I will. Um, I wanted to, speaking of movies that the other hasn't seen, After <laughs> Sun, I won't spoil yeah. it, uh, but the, there's a sequence that is set to David Bowie's Under Pressure that is just okay. ridiculously, like, just anxiety-inducing almost, but at the same time, it is very powerful. And then one more thing is just the final shot of the movie. I won't say what it is. But the final shot of the movie, I, I, I'm not going to lie, I started to cry. I really did. Wow. Um, like, I, I teared up and, yeah, I just was not ready for that emotional just, like, punch right there in that final shot. So th- that's all I'm going to say there. I have one last thing, and it is also a final shot. Viola Davis joining the dance at the end of The Woman King. That's a good one. That's a really good one. Oh, God. Like, that whole, like, kind of, yeah. Yeah, that's... Won't you come dance? And then she dances with them. She Ugh. dances with them. I do have one last one. One last one. Cutting a rug. Uh, yeah. This is from this is from Babylon. And it's... Oh, Lord. Okay. It's the scene where they're trying to film the first talkie with Margot Robbie's character. And they okay. are in this room. They've tried to, like, get the sound perfect. They're trying to still... That's the scene you're choosing? Oh, that scene is incredible. Now... There's another scene that you can okay. choose, which is the first time she films a movie, which I think mm-hmm. is like just interspersed with the with them uh, making like period yeah, epic exactly. that they're making in the desert. Yeah. yeah. So like you could choose either one. I, I, I could say both of those scenes from that movie are really good scenes. It's just that that one stands out so much because you can see where movies are going from there and how hard some people are going to struggle from Going from silent to talky, the way the movie like portrays Margot Robbie's character, like she's clearly a hit over here, but you put her in the talkies and all of a sudden, oh crap, this is not gonna work. But I really, really enjoyed that scene and also the end. And I can't scene. stand them. <laughs> exactly. So, uh, those were our best scenes, our best moments, and now we are gonna get into the final part, which is. What are the best movies of 2022? Yes, our top 10. Our top 10. We're going to go one by one. uh, And first, we're going to get some honorable mentions out of the way. Movies that just didn't quite make our list. I'll let you go first. What are a couple movies 
that just didn't make your top ten? The Northman mm. did not make my list, and I thought that was a pretty solid. Yeah, you did strange, like that movie quite a bit. Strange movie, but um, certainly uh, something to behold and a memorable movie going experience. So that didn't make my list. I think everything else is like on the list because okay. there weren't that many like great movies this year. Gotcha. Oh, you know what just missed my list? Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio. Ah, okay. Got it. Which I found delightful and sad and very beautiful and well done because, of course, it's a, a stop motion or a claymation or whatever. So, like, the artistry is incredible and the storytelling was immaculate. But I just, I don't know. I just think that... Just missed out. It didn't. Just just missed my list. Yeah. Gotcha. Uh, for me, uh, what kind of missed out... Um, uh, I would say Wakanda Forever just missed out. Uh, I actually, I only have one like superhero movie in my top 10. Uh, so that one came close. Uh, Scream, which was in my top five in the middle of 2022, fell out. And so did Marcel with the shell. Shut up. Yeah, it fell out of my top No, 10. it didn't. Yes, it did. It just missed out oh my God. at number 11. So, yeah, just missed out for me. So now we're going to talk about. Oh, my gosh. Now we're going to talk about our top 10. So I will let you go first. What is your number 10 movie? My number 10 movie is Wakanda Forever. (laughs) Okay, there we go. Yeah, Wakanda Forever at number 10. Uh, Yeah, just there's a whole episode of what we liked and disliked about it. Full on deep dive review if Mm -hmm. you want to scroll back in your podcast feed. But. Uh, Wakanda Forever did a lot of things right. Um, It's at number 10 because I just feel like despite all of the things that we didn't like about it or the qualms that we had with it, nitpicky things, third act nonsense, um, I think that the theme of the movie and the care and love that they put into the movie and remembering Chadwick and and stuff like that just really worked for me and will kind of stand the test of time. And that is Black Panther Wakanda Forever, number 10. My number 10 uh, from one of the great young directors that we have in the horror genre. And I'm going with Nope from Jordan Peele at number 10. Nope at number 10. 10. That is correct. Okay. All right. I really... So initially, as I was watching the movie... I think that I was having a reaction of like, when is like the big setup coming, you know? And I walked out of the movie the first, you know, when I watched it a little, a little cold at the resolution of the movie. But the thing about this movie is this movie like really like stays in your brain. And (laughs) I kept thinking about how wonderful this shot was compared and then connecting stuff in the movie uh was really really uh, fun what's his name Ho- uh van hoyt van hoytman like yeah, what is this hoyt the cinematographer hoytma. yeah yes yes he's amazing he's like amazing. look at the yeah. the way this movie looks it yeah it's incredible uh, kaluya's performance is very understated uh mm-hmm. you know there's there's a sense of like reluctancy that he brings to that character, which is great. And then you match that with Kiki Palmer's fiery 
performance <laughs> on her end. Um, yeah. So the performances are really good. And I I think there's just so many lasting images that just stood. They stayed in my mind after I walked out of that movie. Yeah, I agree with you. Um, if the movie is on my list, but at a different spot, do I say where it's at? Uh, just because you brought it up first. No, just wait. No? Wait until it comes right. up. Like if it's like nearby, okay. sure. But okay, if it's if it's higher, just wait. Got so, you. what's your number nine? My number nine, the whale. Oh, look at that. The whale. Uh, I think there was enough there to get it on my top ten, especially because this is not a very good movie year. Mm-hmm. But um, in a stronger movie year, this probably would have totally fallen off. Um the list but i just think the performances were amazing and you know it it's like a play because it is a play so everything takes place in his apartment mm. and there is just this overwhelming sense of how like um what's the word claustrophobic like claustrophobia like your world is like just so small yeah and uh it's quite powerful and uh i teared up in a few bits and uh i don't agree with a lot of it but it just i think the performances really sold it for me gotcha so that was your number nine the whale nine Uh, what's your nine speaking of weak movie years uh my number nine and i know you're not gonna like this my number nine is babylon get the fuck out so why do you like babylon I think okay. So tell me, I'm going to tell you right now. This is the weakest of the Chazelle movies. I'm just going to say that. Oh, hands down, yeah. Um, and there are moments in the movie that I'm just like, I don't know if I like this, but there is a lot in that movie that I truly enjoy. Um, I think that the movie is audacious in how much it packs into the first two hours of this movie. Like, this movie is moving like a freight train in those first two hours. It is insane at the pace at which it's moving, um, which I enjoy. I, I enjoy when a movie's like, quick and fast and fast-cutting between things. So that's kind of, like, right up my alley. Uh, I really think that Robbie was made, like, for a role like this, I think this is right up her alley, that type of role. Um, I can't imagine. I in, in a million years, I can't imagine Emma Stone doing that part because she was originally signed for that part, and I have no idea how she would have done that part. It makes no sense in my mind. I can't envision it either, but that's besides <laughs> the point. I think that this movie still is, is still a beautiful movie to look at because Chazelle has a command of the camera. That is just still astonishing to me, even now, that it that he has such a command of it, and he's still so young. Um, again, the movie does, you know, lose some points for certain moments that just don't really do much for me. I think that opening sequence, how chaotic and crazy it is, but at the same time, it's it, it feels almost disgusting. That first like sequence, almost okay, yeah. I was trying to be nice, but it's a disgusting sequence. But I think uh, from the moment that we meet Margot and we see her, you know, go into Hollywood filming her first movie, becoming a star. We see uh, Brad Pitt's character kind of declining, seeing those two stories kind of intersecting at certain points. I think there's 
a lot of fun in a lot of those moments. Again, it's not a perfect movie, uh, but I still enjoy it quite a bit. And it, it left, I left it with a sense of like, wow, I can't believe Chazelle like did that kind of movie. Like that big, grandiose, just leaving it all out there. Like he almost directed that movie like if he wasn't going to make another movie after this type of thing. That's how it almost felt. I agree with that. It almost felt I that agree way. with that. <laughs> like, I'm not going to make another movie, so I'm going out with a bang. So that's so those are the reasons why I put it at number nine. So. Okay. Do you want to hear anything about why it's nowhere near my <laughs> top ten? I mean, only only Look, if you want we to didn't hear. do we didn't do a Babylon review. No, we didn't get a uh, chance to. So people don't know like what we thought about nope, it. Not until now. At all. It's not until now. So I hated Babylon. Not surprised. <laughs> uh, it is not my cup of tea. It's not my type of movie. I thought it was like Wolf of Wall Street meets Great Gatsby. Mm-hmm. And it's really audacious. Like you said, I just found it was such a cacophony. And I don't do well with like movies that are just like an assault on the senses. Mm. Because I get it, but at the same time, I'm like, fuck off. Like, I see, like, <laughs> to me, it seems very pretentious. And of course, Damien Chazelle loves movies, loves the history of movies, mm-hmm. and wanted to make a movie about this time period f- changing from silent film to the talkies. And that's fine. I just don't, I'm, I guess I'm more of a singing in the rain type of person than a Damien Chazelle bastardization of singing in the rain. (laughs) So as much as these performances were enthralling, they were equally disgusting to me. So there you go. There we go. That was done. That was our review of Babylon. So would never recommend Babylon for someone to watch. What is your number eight? My number eight is Bones and All. <laughs> a movie that I tried to get in, but I just couldn't. No, I never got oh my into. God. Yeah, I never got so in. So it's a movie. Never watched it. it it's about cannibals. Yeah. And tell me why I really liked the movie about cannibals. Um, I don't know why, but it feels like Timothy Chalamet was made to, like, was built, born to play this role. <laughs> this, like, scrawny ass cannibal. I don't know if you should take that as a compliment or an insult. I think it's a compliment. <laughs> so <laughs> I, um, it came as a surprise to me that when I walked out of the theater, I was like, why is that? <laughs> why was that actually good? I'm feeling really good about this movie. And it was wildly entertaining. And, uh, yeah, I, I just, Felt it was a, a top contender for this year. Again, and maybe a stronger movie year. I probably wouldn't put it on here. But like we're we are where we are, and bones and all is on here. Bones and all. <laughs> all right, so that's your number eight. My number eight is the Banshees of Inisharan. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I really enjoy the performances. That is why it's on this list because I think okay. um, everyone brings their A game. Actually, Banshees is my number seven. Oh, perfect. So we can kind of yeah. tag team here. I yeah. The reason why I have it on the list is because of the performances. 
Um, Plot-wise, I don't feel like it's super strong. Um, you could say not much happens. Yeah, you could definitely say that. That bothers people. I know that bothers some people. Which I don't mind. There. I don't mind a movie that uh, where it kind of feels like a slice of life type of thing, like where not something has to happen. Uh, but yeah. I think what really dominates is the script in this movie. Uh, just the interactions of conversations of characters between the mm. between everyone. There's yeah, some, the script is really good. There's some good yeah. humor throughout the movie as well. Surprising humor for sure, for sure. Uh, and yeah, again, the performances. Shout out to Colin Farrell and Brendan Gleeson. Uh, those two make such an unlikely so duo. Uh, yeah, this is not their first time yeah. together. So. I think people normally watch movies for extraordinary circumstances happening to ordinary people. Mm. And these are ordinary people with an extraordinary, like, not circumstance, but like extraordinary, like, ordinariness <laughs> about the, like what happens. And then it like spins out of control. I just feel like it's competing ideologies and one doesn't even realize that he has an ideology. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, that's a good way of putting it. That's a really yeah. good put it. Uh, so I, I suspect this movie will be a contender and I think so too. It will have I think a so couple too. of acting nominations for sure. So, so that was my number eight. That's actually your number seven. So yeah. So what's your seven? My seven is the Woman King. Oh, oh. okay, okay. Yeah. Woman King. Let's talk. The Woman King is again. It was a surprise for me. Well, you know what? It wasn't that big of a surprise because I think when we were t- we knew it was going to be about like really good going yeah, into we it. We even said that. Um, because we were doing a comparison from earlier in the year where like everything all at once was the better multiverse movie than the Marvel movie that came out. And yes, then we kind of the said, Doctor Strange movie. Well, what if the Woman King is the better woman warrior movie than Wakanda Forever? Wakanda Forever. So we kind of have And it is. I mean it is. <laughs> uh and that's no shade on Wakanda Forever. It's 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 a good movie, but like the Woman King really satisfies a lot of the different things that I'm looking for in an action movie that mm-hmm. doesn't have to be a franchise, you know? Uh, we can have action movies that don't have to have a franchise tied behind them. Um, mm-hmm. And I'm going to completely negate that later on in my list. Uh, <laughs> but the performances are incredible. The action is just everything you want in an action movie. Uh, so overall, and, and you know who doesn't get enough love in that movie is John Boyega. Uh, as the I king. was about to mention him. Go. Yes, Talk. John Boyega is the king. Um, I said this on our review. He was doing something in there. Like they styled him in such a way that I was like, okay, Johnny, like I see you. <laughs> <laughs> like, but but I really liked his um, presence. I think the presence is the word. Yes. His presence. Uh, because he doesn't do much, no. but he's really uh, bringing such a presence to uh, their community, their culture, and on screen. He's just kind of powerful, yes. and he doesn't do anything. You know what no, I'm saying? No, that's the surprising thing, is that he doesn't really have to do much in order to have that command over everyone. 
Uh, yeah. So that was my number seven, The Woman King. So that puts us at number six. What is your number six? Six. My number six is Nope. Ah, there it is. Okay. Nope is my number six movie. I felt that... We had issues with it, for sure, especially in the third act, like little nitpicky things. And uh, you can hear our full review if you scroll back in your in your feed. Mm-hmm. I rewatched it okay. over Christmas break, and I watched it with my family who had never watched it before. Okay. And I was like, this is a fantastic experience. Like, just watching it again and seeing them experience it, I was like, this is a pretty good movie. And they they loved it. They thought it was really good, too. And, you know, when the reveal happens of the thing, they were like, I didn't expect that. But they, like, kind of just accepted it as well. That's good. They weren't like, well, I thought that it was going to look like this. And I thought this and whatever. Like, they really kind of bought in. And I was like, that's all you can ask for. Yeah. For, especially for a sci-fi movie. Yes. Uh, that's, That's one thing that I always try to tell people is that. You got to buy into the premise of the Mm -hmm. movie, uh, because if you never buy in, it's never going to satisfy you at all. So Mm -hmm. if you don't buy in, of course, it's going to be a bad experience. Of course, you will think it's a bad movie. But if you buy in, allow the movie to go where it's going to go. Right. Then you could end up being satisfied with its result. Right. And I, I thought that the siblings... We're, we're fantastic. Yes. I love those two. And it felt real. It did. It did feel. Yeah. It did feel like a, dynam- a dynamic you would see, you know, in real life. Yeah. When they go, let's go. Like, I, I forget what they do. They say, but they're like, let's go, boy. And they're like, they and they do the slap slap. hands. Like, oh, yeah, yeah the quick fantastic. slaps. Uh, I'm like, bro. Yeah, was- <laughs> and we did it. Like, my family was like, let's do that now. And I was like, oh, my God. That's what you ha- like. It, that's what you want. Right. Yeah. It was it movie. was that moment where the director brought the analog camera and Kiki Didn't I tell you that this I, motherfucker was gonna come here with a non-electrical camera? <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> oh, that was fantastic. That's such a memorable moment. <laughs> and and not even to talk about some of the other memorable stuff that happens in the movie, like the yeah. uh, the slowed down version of I wear my sunglasses at night. Oh very yeah. creepy yeah. version of it. Um just uh, seeing Kaluya not looking and oh, just yeah, yeah. it's hovering around oh my god it's, it's so good <laughs> it's, it's good it's so good. like that's why it's, no, it's number six number six for you it's this year's uh it's the i guess this generation's signs <laughs> <laughs> there you go so my number six probably a surprise i was surprised that when i had it this high what you got i i tried to bring it down on my list and i was like no, I don't want to bring it down lower. This is where I right, want it. Right. Uh, the menu. Bro. Yeah, the menu. Quiz. Yeah. So Ray finds Anya Taylor-Joy oh. and a whole cast of characters. Um, I think this is a surprise to me. I, I didn't talk about it in surprises, but this was a movie that I had no expectation for it being any types of good. And... Uh, the fact that it was uh, so one character that really stands out is Hong Chao's character of Elsa. She is like the number one in command for the chef. And just like she is in this movie. Th- this is her year because she was also in the whale. Yes, I've heard that she's in the whale as well. So this is her year for, <laughs> for her performance. But 
uh, like there's moments that kind of just surprise you in how well the movie like shows it, it and it breaks it up into like dinner courses <laughs> courses you know yeah. the movie's broken up and it's kind of making fun of like this it whole, is you know chef's table type of culture that has come out it's self-aware and meta yeah, it really is really is um and the scene a scene that kind of stands out to me is the cheeseburger scene oh yeah, yeah that's really good yes it, just that for sure that Going toe for toe with Ray Fiennes and Anya Taylor Joy, them going back and forth, uh, is was some really good dynamic between the two of them. So, yeah, the menu that was my number six, bro. Yeah. I forgot to say the menu just basically missed my entire list. Really, but I really liked the menu. Yeah, yeah, it. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. I really, really did. Yeah. So yeah. that's my number six. I told my sister the other day, it's on streaming now, I believe. HBO and I was Max. like, yo, uh, we got to watch the menu because it was really good. And she was like, okay, like at some point we'll do it. So yeah, number six. Okay. My number five, Prey. I just missed my list. Prey. I really enjoyed Prey. I thought it was a just really memorable Predator movie. Yes, it was. Yes, it uh, was. Yeah. Yeah, it was surprising yeah. that a a movie that you could tell they just decided to take a chance and be like, hey, we got this property. Um, obviously, our last couple of Predator movies have failed. Let's just make one, throw it on a streamer, let's see how it does type of thing. You could tell that's the attitude. That, but that was not the attitude in which the director took it. He was like, no, I'm going to make like a legit movie here that people are Mm -hmm. going to Mm -hmm. enjoy and so dan trachtenberg was the director and yeah there's there's some moments in that movie that uh i really enjoy when the french trappers think they can get the predator (laughs) and then he is taking them out one by one in the fog in the mist great stuff man but then that the dog the dog I, I think I'm a sucker for like movies with really strong animal performances mm. in them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like a trained dog just gets me every time. That's a good. I don't and then know. That f- B- Banshees of Inishirin, oh, another yeah, like animal movie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm just laughing because like I just. Sensing a trend here. I'm just here. thinking about when the sister's like. What if I told you don't put the, don't bring the donkey in the house? And then he's like, he was just in here while I was reading. She's just lonely. She's lonely. <laughs> oh, that's so great. Uh, yeah. So Prey is a very good movie of uh, surprising mm-hmm. action movie from this year. But yeah. Just missed that on my list. But yeah, still some such a fun movie. That's that's kind of the way to describe it. And female empowerment. Yeah. Too. Uh, I believe her name is a- Amber Midthunder. Yes. Yep. How do you remember these things? Uh, great question. I have no idea. Uh, just wow. Okay. Yeah. Use- useless information in my head. Um, so Amber Midthunder. <laughs> All right. What is your number five? My number five movie you haven't watched, and that's Tar. Uh, Kate okay. Blanchett. Gotcha. Um, this movie is just. It's all about the performance by Blanchett. Um, the movie has moments of uh, would you say it's a character study yes it's a character study for sure there's hints of like um 
I wouldn't say thriller aspects, but like I would say like mm. there's some uh, moments where you can tell the character is like you're the way they portray her thought process or what she's thinking about. There's definitely ways uh, that they're trying to sh- show that in a different way in 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 the movie. Um, her journey, the way and, and not really much of a spoiler. It's like a rise and fall type of thing. Um, and the way the movie ends is just such a kick in the face to the character because the character starts out the movie in one way and like, Mm. she is like so condescending, like, you know, as a conductor, you know, I control time, you know, they have to follow me, the, right. (laughs) And the way it ends, okay. I'm following. Oh, it is yeah. such a comeuppance for Damn. this character. It's fantastic. Damn. So Tar is my number five. Tar. Okay. Yeah, I got to watch Tar. Check it out. Definitely got to watch Check Tar. Yeah. Your okay. Number now my number four, The Woman King. There it is. Woman King. Just. I. What have we. Like, what can I honestly say? Like, we've talked, we've about, talked it about it a lot already. A lot, yeah. I just think it's pa- power. Mm-hmm. Yes. Like, it's just pure power. Like, female power. Yeah. And I love it. Because everyone brings it in that movie. Like, set aside the politics of the tribe, mm. which yes. people are still, like, really upset about. Rightfully so. Uh, the movie, amazing. I love uh, the support and the power of these women. It's a very, Period. very strong portrayal of the empowerment of these women. So, yes, fully agree. Uh, that's kick ass. Your number four. Yes. Um, What's your four? My number four. Uh, let me get my umbrella real quick for this one. It's the Batman. <laughs> <laughs> it's Halloween. It's Halloween. <laughs> it's raining. It's dark. Everywhere. It is always <laughs> raining in this movie. Besides that, though, uh, this was just a very good movie. Just there, it, it definitely borrows its ambiance. It's noir, and it's noir a lot from like David Fincher in a way. Like, yeah. Oh. So like, if you like watch like Seven mm, okay. Zodiac yeah. stuff like that, it kind of borrows from that. But it does a good job in its borrowing of that, of those uh, tropes and themes that... Uh, so you like Our Pats as the Bat? I did like Our Pats as the Bat. Uh, he is better than Ben Affleck as the Bat. He is better than Clooney and Kilmer as the Bat. So that's already three that he's better than. <laughs> he's besting three bats Yeah, already. he's besting three bats. I think there's only... If we're talking about the live-action movies... There's only two people in front of him, which are Bale and Keaton. That's it. So pretty good job by the Bats. I think he's better than Keaton. I mean, I'm not a fan of the Well, Keaton yeah, you're not a movies. fan of the Keaton. And maybe that's just my nostalgia kind of tied up in it, maybe. But I still am very fond of the of Keaton in the Batman. Uh, but in this movie, and the movie is kind of long, uh, was kind of it's three hours right it's three hours what is it yeah. with all these three hour movies this year like there were like, I don't multiple fucking know, bro bro like avatar have mercy on Babylon, us if any Tar filmmakers like are out close. there if any filmmakers are out there screenwriters please 
have mercy on us. I, Don't make a three-hour no, movie. Let's get back to the two-hour movie at least. Yeah. Oh my goodness. <laughs> anyway, but the Batman, I think that Dano, uh, uh, his Riddler, is really good. Really Kravitz good. Kravitz as Catwoman is great. Cameraman. Yeah. Is. Uh, <laughs> I mean, almost all the surrounding characters are just great people. Colin Farrell is the Penguin. You have, um, why am I blanking? Uh, come on, what are you showing me here? No habla español. The Commissioner Gordon, why am I blanking on his name in real life? Yes. Um, um, Jeffrey Wright. Sh- it's tr- yes, Jeffrey Wright. Jeffrey Wright. Also, great performance. So, and Andy Serkis as uh, as Alfred, you know. So yeah, there was a Alfred. lot of good stuff in this movie that made it memorable, and it stuck around for me to make it my number four. Wow! Wow! So it's out of my list. Uh, <laughs> okay. So what is? It was on there, and then it just slowly made its way out. It. Okay. Number three. My number three. Okay. Marcel the shell with shoes on. Come on. Yeah, I just come on. on my list. Yep. I fucking love that movie. Yeah. It is so cute and cute sad. Movie. Why is it so emotional? I don't know. It should Why been. does it have better emotion? Why does that have better emotional pacing than most movies? It's insane. It's insane. Why? It's so good. It really is. For what? For what? <laughs> yeah, it's um yeah, that is a movie that is just endearing, heartwarming. It is exactly what you want and need if you want, like, a warm embrace of a movie, almost. It is the weighted blanket of this year. Yes. Yes, it is. It is. It's so precious. It really is. Um, and then, I love it. You know, I when I saw the commercials leading up to it, I didn't know how to feel about the voice of Marcel. But Jenny Slate. when I'm watching the movie, I'm just like, oh. You forget it's yeah, Jenny you Slate. you forget it's Jenny Slate. That's Marcel. It's, it's it's Marcel. Marcel. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then the grandmother. But I can't believe. Uh, so we watched this movie together way early yes, in the did. year. Didn't you tell me that you had never seen a Marcel the show? No, I had on never. YouTube video. You'd no, never seen a YouTube no. video of Marcel. This was the, my first interaction to, with Marcel. I have the history. Like I yeah. would watch some Marcel videos. Uh, and so to see Marcel in like a full length movie and it work and then calling back to the YouTube videos, uh, amazing, like heartwarming. Like it makes me feel like, oh my God, I'm a part of history because I am those YouTube views that you they show. The YouTube and views. I am the YouTube <laughs> views. I watched Marcel the show with shoes on. Oh my goodness. The phenomenon that was Marcel. That's fantastic. Yeah. All Ugh. right. So that was your Beautiful number three. Movie. That's three. Your movie, very relaxing, very, you know, heartwarming. Well. You know, no, no. <laughs> and I'm not saying anything wrong, but my number three is just like adrenaline in your veins. Highway okay. to <laughs> the danger zone. Danger zone. Top Gun Maverick, okay. number three. Uh, Hell yeah. yeah, that's my number two movie. Yeah. Uh, so Miles Teller said that he was like filming so much <laughs> that he got jet fuel in his blood. No, no, you didn't hear this story? <laughs> no, so I didn't hear this Miles story. Miles Teller apparently got sick because like so much like 
you know, flying in these airplanes and stuff that somehow in some type of like little accident or something, like some jet fuel got into his bloodstream. So he was like out of commission for like a day or two or, you know, until they like get it. So when he tells Tom Cruise, like I had jet, I had jet fuel (laughs) in my veins. Tom Cruise is like, I was born with it. (laughs) He actually said that to the Miles Teller. (laughs) Tom Cruise is an enigma. He is insane, man. And he... Look, and on top of that, look, so he had Top Gun Maverick this year or in 2022. And now he's coming out with Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part 1 in 2023. Part 1. Good luck (laughs) taking that off of my top 10. I'm declaring it now. (laughs) (laughs) Good luck taking that off of my top 10. Oh, my God. So I forgot to talk to to you about this, but um, the the rewatchables Mm. did... Uh, fallout yes they did yes they did did you hear that episode and they made a great point they were like does anybody know like what the plot is of the movie (laughs) because every single mission impossible movie is like his country has disavowed yeah (laughs) it's like the same thing why is there always plutonium on the loose like it's just out and about in the world and he has to get it back oh my goodness and they were making fun of the fact that nobody fucking knows what the fuck is happening but they just love the spectacle of it that's what the movie is it's pure spectacle (laughs) and then like the character it doesn't matter it's tom cruise Cruise. at this point it's just tom cruise so (laughs) and i started laughing my ass off (laughs) because that's what i dislike i'm a plot person so i tend to want to know or understand what is happening and maybe that contributes to me kind of like scoffing at mission impossible movies and scoffing at fast and the furious movies because they become like a type of uh like spectacle movie it's just all like for show and i don't deal well with that personally but i can fucking appreciate that the movies are what they they are what they are and the same goes for this year's top gun maverick they they dumbed it down so much they didn't even name any countries They didn't say who the enemy was. Nothing. They were just like, yeah, they have <laughs> this bunker. We got to like, di-, you know, it was very simple, simple, simple to understand. And if you look at the plot of the movie or if you yeah. look at the sequence of the movies, it, it's yes. I mean, they basically remade Star Wars. Oh, a new hope. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, like an impossible target, you know. Am I am I upset about Han it? Han Solo comes and shoots out the you know the enemy <laughs> pilot. In this case, it's Hangman. Uh, but with that said, the movie is just such fun. Man. I love Especially it. Especially I theaters. love it. See that? So that's going to be the big thing about this movie is that in theaters versus at home is such a different experience for this movie. Oh, but I don't, th- I mean, I kind of disagree. Really? Cause I, again, I rewatched oh, it okay. over Go Christmas ahead. with my family. Great, great experience. Great experience. I thought it was fantastic oh, at home. Perfect. Yeah. That's great. Uh, but I will say there is that thing of like watching it on a Dolby, you know, 
Dolby's eh, whatever. huge. I'm not a Dolby person. No, I know you're not, but still, watching it on a giant-ass screen like that with sound <laughs> blaring at you, fantastic. So that was my well, number Well, I appreciate the shimmy and the beach football way better on a big screen oh, yeah. than I do at home. <laughs> 30 feet of Miles Teller doing the shimmy. Yeah, there you go. All right. <laughs> What is your number two? My number one. What is, wait. Oh, yeah. That I was, already said it was Top Gun. That's your number two? So that then it's Top my Gun Maverick is my number two. Then. My number two, uh, this might, I, I don't know if this is recency bias, but I was trying to find, a re, an, again, a reason to drop this down, and I couldn't really, and that was After Sun. Oh, okay. After Sun is just. That's your blue bayou. That's your again? blue bayou yes. of this year. That's the blue bayou. Yeah, because that's hilarious to me. It's like a movie um, that just breaks you in half, and you're like, yeah, "Why? Yeah. yeah, why'd you why? do this?" And, and then why do I want to watch? Yeah, it again? Uh, yeah. The movie about a father and daughter going on a vacation, and it's the daughter who's kind of trying to put the pieces in place in her own memories of like, you know, did did I see? who my dad really was you know there's a difference between seeing who the father is versus the man that he is you know and miss uh paul mescal his performance is just incredible just uh a man who you can tell in the movie is that he is coming to grips with coming up to a certain age and realizing what he's done with his life and how that has affected him, how it's affected his relationship with his daughter, with his ex-wife and everything. Um, the movie can be a slow movie movie. I can give people that for sure. And so, and you may even question yourself and thinking what is going to happen in this movie. But then there are little trails that are, you know, little uh, breadcrumbs that are being left in parts in, in the first half of the movie that once you realize, oh, this is where they're kind of telling this story, everything that you watch now starts to click and be like, oh, that's why, oh, that's why. Uh, and then all of a sudden you're just kind of like sitting there almost in a sense of like, oh, no, are we going for a bad ending? Are we going for a heartbreaking ending? Like your your mind starts to go there. And then the under pressure sequence happens and ugh, I was a mess. I was a mess. So that was my number two movie, After Sun. Do we have the same number one movie? I think we do. Okay. I really think we do. My number one movie of 2022 is Everything Everywhere All at Once. <laughs> yes, we do. Okay. Yes, we do. Uh, it did not come off of my number one uh, earlier this year, uh, mid-year review. Uh, that was my number one. Well, technically it was my number one because I had um, the worst person in the world, but that's really a 2021 movie that yeah. we just happened to watch in February. So, uh, But yeah, this was clearly the number one movie for me, for you. Um, we've talked about it, you know, somewhat. We haven't, uh, we haven't really talked about Jamie Lee Curtis's interactions in this movie. Uh, the way they show her versions in the different multiverses and how she interacts. I think it's delightful. And then there's the daughter 
in the movie, which I didn't realize, you know, going into the movie that she would play such mm-hmm. a huge yeah. role. Uh, Stephanie uh, Sue, I believe it's H-S-U. Uh, yeah, I think it might be Shu, but yeah. Or it might be Shu. Uh, she plays Joy in the movie. Yeah. And when you real when you find out again, spoilers, uh, that she is the villain mm-hmm. of the multiverse, mm-hmm. then you just want to realize, well, why? How? But look, How like, why am I crying over two rocks? Yes, exactly. What you know? Like, why <laughs> am I getting emotional about two women with hot dog fingers embracing? Right. You know. Right. You know. You know. Why am I? You know, starting to get emotional. About emotionable. a man. Yeah, no, exactly. I can't even speak. Uh, why am I getting emotional with a man saying, you know, I would have loved you even if we were doing laundry and taxes? I would have loved to have done laundry and taxes laundry with you. Laundry and taxes yeah. with you. Yeah. So it just shows the power that this movie brought. And again, it was unexpected. It was an emotional core that like again this movie has a lot of what i was talking about before about babylon which is like cacophony and for some reason like i muscled through it and like was rewarded yes yes you were you know (laughs) yes it's a very satisfying heartwarming ending Mm -hmm. uh, which i think that some movies did not go for in some of the other movies we talked about didn't go for this one did and I think it, it it was a great choice to go with a heartwarming ending versus something that was maybe a little more negative or cynical. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, great movie. Highly recommend it. Loved it. Highly recommend it. Yeah. And, you know, I cannot believe it, that this is going to be a movie that's like an actual top contender. I'm excited. I'm excited. If it wins anything... I will be yeah. ecstatic. Yeah. It'll be like the and second coming of Parasite, like winning Oscars. Well, let me ask you <laughs> to this. Me. Okay. Okay. Th- and this, I think we could probably end on this note. So we're talking about all these movies, right? And outside of this movie, Everything Everywhere All at Once, what other movie can you say, okay, this is best picture. I and think you know they're. Get, I mean, the they're going to get. Na- they're going to get nominated. Like the the whale, yeah. banshees for sure. I feel like Woman King yeah. has a shot. Tar, most tar. Uh, um, but everything, everywhere, all at once is like. I feel like that's a favorite. I honestly feel like it is too. A movie we did not talk about at all today, and it. I mean, it just shows how middling it was. Was the Fablemans. Which, <laughs> yes. according to Golden Derby, which kind of prognosticates, okay, that is one of the favorites for Best Picture. Oh, get the fuck and out. And I don't see it. I don't see it. If it I, wins, I, it'll... Oh, my gosh. No. I just... I don't see how it even has a chance of winning. Because it's, like, made no impression whatsoever. In in just movie culture. How many people, like, you and but I... But the Oscars never through- try to... Go along with the zeitgeist. That is true. Maybe that's why it has a chance. I mean, because it has pedigree behind it. It has Spielberg. pedigree with Spielberg and his freaking yeah. story and it's his family and it's Michelle Williams right. and it's Paul Dano and it's, you know. 
And then I, I, I don't get that Michelle Williams performance, man. That, that so we did. <laughs> we didn't talk about the Fablemans either. No, we didn't. Um, do you want to quickly like I watched it before you, and I was like, bro. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> it was like yo and then i never heard when you watched it <laughs> right so i don't like the performances for the most part like i don't it's weird like michelle williams what she's doing it's weird like as the new age hippie mom i don't like what she's doing dano is fine but it's like the most bland performance he's ever given <laughs> uh the kid's fine who plays do you like those Sammy contacts Fableman. they put on him my god i hate when they put contacts on someone and that's not their eye color yeah it's so annoying because you could tell it looks so fake um but what i will say about the movie though is that there is one moment that i i did enjoy and it's when sammy is like doing editing and he kind of realizes his mother's infidelity oh yeah that's a pretty good spot. that's a pretty good scene mm-hmm. that's a pretty good spot in the movie and I'll give it up to the to the prom movie that he does, um, where okay. he makes that film of of his fellow yeah. students. Even the bully, like he, makes he makes the bully him look the like hero, a conquering yeah. hero. And even the even he's like, "Why'd you make me look like that?" Yeah, it was weird, but I, the, that's not who I am. Yeah. Uh, but you know, so those are like the only two moments that kind of stand out for me. Uh, but yeah, the the movie just it just it doesn't work for me and. Uh, I've heard like on the big picture, like they've talked about on, you know, that being, you know, towards the higher up of like one of the favorites, because what they're doing is like a power rankings of like where movies stand in terms of their chances at the Oscar. And it just feels like they don't want to say everything everywhere all at once, but it's clear that it's number one. Like they are dancing around it. Like they're like, like the first time they said like Fablemans, maybe that's the favorite. And it's just like, no, it's not. Come on, guys. And then this most recent episode, they said Banshees. And it's like, eh, maybe. But it's it's clearly everything everywhere all at once. That's the clear favorite. I hope that it right sweeps. I hope it gets nommed for a bunch of shit and just like wins. You know, I really hope so, too. I want I really it. I wanted to Slumdog Millionaire the the, the Oscars oh this God. year. <laughs> I'm still still 2008 that year year, man that's one of the only times that i watched the oscars from beginning to end was the year slumdog millionaire swept (laughs) my goodness that says a lot about me (laughs) that says a lot about me um what were some movies that we had on our anticipated movies list that never came to be so spider-man across the spider-verse part one got pushed Yep. So we didn't get it this year. Um, 65, which is that sci-fi Adam Driver movie that I was looking forward to seeing. It was my number five movie of most anticipated. Yep. It is coming out this March. Not- <laughs> <laughs> and uh, there's a trailer out for it. And the girlies found it. And uh, they were on that like white on toast. So that was pretty awesome. And I think that's it for stuff that just didn't happened this year uh that was on that was on your list yeah on my list i know that i had uh I, also spider-man across the spider-verse uh i had also um what was the movie that i know was missing the killer was 
the the flat yeah the killer which is uh the new david fincher michael fassbender movie uh killers, killers of the, of the flower, flower moon. moon yeah which is now this year as well and a david uh, o russell movie what was no that one came out in amsterdam one? oh amsterdam we'll, okay but we'll talk about all of that stuff <laughs> next week um because we're going to do our most anticipated movies of 2023 and we're going to look back at what we had on our list on 2022. So we'll kind of like discuss a little bit further next. I won't week. be making a Morbius uh, mistake again or a Jurassic World Dominion mistake again. Oof, yeah, that, that's <laughs> another one. Uh, okay, so. Wow. Everything Everywhere All at Once it. is number one for 2022. It swept us, yeah. swept ATC. It was a yes, it middling did. year, but I think our movies are pretty pretty good to us yes top 10. especially especially everything everywhere i think that could be a top five movie in almost any year true just about. yeah yeah i think that's one of those type of movies so same with top gun uh, we hi- well yeah right? <laughs> that top top gun. Gun. anytime anytime <laughs> uh so that has been our thoughts our feelings our just general excitement for the year of 2022 yeah so we can now Close the book. Yep. On 2022. It's done. And we can look forward uh, to 2023. Um, there's going to be some stuff that I'm excited about. Let's just hope that it actually comes out <laughs> in 2023. Yeah. Um, but other than that, uh, I I look forward to it. And also next week, um, on top of looking forward to what we are anticipating, we're also going to be, you know, it's a little bit late, but... Uh, movie New Year's resolutions. Uh, Things that we want to do movie-wise as a resolution. Yeah. So you will hear that from us as well. So uh, number one, thank you for checking this episode out. If you have been looking for top 10 lists and gave us a listen, thank you so much. And go ahead, subscribe on your favorite podcast app. We're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, many more. Uh, you could give us a review on Apple Podcasts on Spotify. We like to have fun on this show. We like to do different things. Uh, so we like to make top 10 lists. We like to make Hall of Fames. Uh, <laughs> those are always fun. Uh, of course, we review movies and we do rewinds yeah. where we look back at old movies. So check us out on those episodes coming up in the future. Uh, stay up to date on social media at Always Critic Pod, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok. You can find us there. And then on top of that, if you have done all of that and you are a fan, go ahead and become even more involved by showing us support through Patreon. That's patreon.com slash alwayscriticpod. That's where you can help us continue to develop this show, continue to develop the things that we do for specifically exclusive to the Patreon members. So check that out. Patreon.com slash alwayscriticpod. Any last words about 2022? Jessica. Thanks and sayonara. <laughs> <laughs> and with that said, that has been our episode. I'm Rico. And I'm Jessica. And this has been the Always the Critic podcast. <laughs>